Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 14th day of November 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's Story. We are going to be, we will begin with the second paragraph, the wars which had been fought. We're going to review that. And today's readers are the 12 steps, Jaina N. The 12 traditions, Mara Z. And then Deanna B, Carolyn S, Janice M, and Anita L. And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, the 13th day of November, is 7032. 7032. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Jane, Jaina N. to read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, Jaina. Hello. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I hadn't muted it, but it muted itself. So I'll start again. Uh, This is Jaina N., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we had harmed, all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through 
prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Jana. And I will now ask Mara Z to please read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning, Monica. This is Maura Z in Virginia. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Thank you. Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside donations. Contributions, excuse me. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations based on attraction rather than... We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Pass. Thank you, Mara Z. How our meeting work? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And to share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's story. We are on page 11. We are going to start with paragraph 2, the wars which had been fought. We're going to review this for a few more comments. And I will ask Deanna B. to start us reading, please. 
Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. My name is Deanna B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chicanery that religious dispute had facilitated made me sick. I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible. The brotherhood of man, a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. Wow, what a powerful paragraph. That kind of tells me about me when I first came into Overeaters Anonymous many, many years ago. Self-righteous. I have right down here in the, in the, in the margin uh, self-righteousness. And I was, you know. I thought, well, I don't. But all it was, my arrogance and my, it was my fear, my fear of not belonging. And when I think about it today, I, I think about kind of, that's how I felt about everything, that I didn't belong. So it wasn't just religion. But when I came in, I, I didn't have a lot of background and a belief in a higher power or God. Uh, I don't have a, a religious background, so to speak. I'm Jewish. I'm proud of it. That's what I want to be. And I do remember growing up that I was told, if you tell a lie, God will punish you, and inevitably I would punish myself. And so God was a punishing God. But when I came into 12-step program, it was like very easy for me to believe that God loved everybody. However, for the better part of 30 years, I believed that he loved me, but I had to do it myself. And uh, for today, you know, my abstinence is a gift from God. I did not do this. Uh, you know, I, 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 I just the my belief, my self righteousness was nothing more than fodder for my binging. You know, my denial had me, and just for today, uh, you know, I'm abstinent. I, I feel that. God is there for all of us. He loves us all, no matter what. And he's there just for the asking. And I really believe that all I have to do is do the my morning, pray during the day, and in the evening, and do the 11th step. Uh, and and I've never felt such a freedom. It does say that in the next paragraph, you know, God has done for me what I could not do for myself. I've never in my life felt such a freedom that I feel now. Freedom from the food and neutrality that if anybody would have told me, which I was told, that that would happen, I didn't believe them. And I'm just so grateful to be here, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deanna. Would anyone like to comment in a moment? Yes. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? All right, Charles, you're up. Thank you, Monica. Melissa. And Melissa. Okay. Go ahead, Charles, and then Melissa. Thank you, Monica, for your continued service. Good morning, um, visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much of a recovered visionary just for today. 
Um, yeah, this par- this 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 paragraph is uh is strong. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and the chicaneries. I looked up that. I googled that word chicanery, trickery, deception, deceit, deceitfulness, dishonesty, deviousness, underhandedness, fraud, fraudulent, swindling, cheating, hoodwinking, and more. That just describes uh, my disease. It describes the way I was before, before being in a recovered state of mind. Even in OA, I was doing those things. Even going through some step work, not finishing all the steps, but just in the process. Uh, you know, till I got to vision for you and really started soaking it up. Um, that that discreet, uh, uh explained my my, uh, my 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 life. That explained my whole life. Chicanery. And yeah, I could I could say if there was a devil. He seemed to be the boss universally. He certainly had me because of the way I was living. You know, you know the the freedom, the freedom that I that I that I, that I see today in my life is I have nothing to hide. If you're free, you have nothing to hide. You know, and uh, <laughs> I have nothing to hide. I I'm no longer. Uh, uh, turn it, I don't even talk about food or weight anymore unless at the end of the month I send it to my sponsor and my sponsees. But you know what? I'm no longer saying I'm eating. Uh, I, I'm no longer turning over Brussels sprouts and, 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 and vegetables and binging on pizza and ice cream and Chinese food no more. I'm no longer doing that. Why? Because I'm not living in Satanary anymore. And, 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 and the boss of the universe is that the boss of the universe is my higher power. So there's a difference. And, and I love this transformation. Uh, Bill's mind is getting opened, even though he it, it sounds like he snapped shut, which was a couple of paragraphs prior to this, but he's he's telling you about, you know, his, his prejudices um, towards, you know, religion. So he's opening up, and this is kind of opening up my eyes. Like I was blind to all this good information that I'm so privy to um, being a recovered visionary just for today. See, ladies and gentlemen, not preaching to the, to the, to the nation, but just, just showing you my point of view that I've learned. Um, recovery and being a visionary is a state of mind, just like fear in prison. It's a state of mind. If you think you're in a problem, and you talk about the problem more than the solution, you're in prison. And I was I was there. I was there while I was in chicanery. I was in prison. But ladies and gentlemen, just for today, 7.15 a.m., November 14, 2014, I'm free. And with that, I'm going to pass. My name is Charles. I eat too much of a recovered visionary. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Charles. Melissa, you're up. Hi, this is Melissa, a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, gosh, you know, I hear this, and um, you know, it just really resonates with me. I, I can see um, Bill's anger at religion, and um, and yet feeling backed into a corner. Um, 
And that's really how I felt, you know. I um, I came into OA many years ago, and, you know, the first time, of course, just was looking for the OA diet. And when I heard God, I, I ran because what was that? Um, and But, of course, somewhere the seed was planted, and um, years later, um, you know, returned. And, um, you know, um, when I came back Excuse in, me. Melissa, just a second. Yeah. There's someone unmuted in the background. We're hearing a lot of background noise. Okay, Melissa, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so when I came back in this time, I was so angry at God. There was a million reasons why um, God and religion had failed me. I had, you know, experienced some horrendous losses and, um, you know, we lost a child, and how could there possibly be a God um, when, when like, my worst nightmares had been realized? And, um, you know, and yet I was living in, uh, besides the, the tragedies that had occurred, I was living in my own self-imposed prison. I was my own undoing, and um, and there was no other solution. I was backed into a corner and um, I wanted everything to change. And if you want everything to change, then you have to be willing to change everything. And that, you know, when I first started listening to A Vision for You, and and there was, um, I don't even remember the part of the book. I'm in the car now, so I can't look at it. But, you know, at the end, when it um, talks about um, prejudice or, or uh, without, I can't remember the part. But um, that somehow rang true to me. Like when, if you have a such a strong opinion about something without having really all the evidence, and you know, and I began to realize that despite like hard things that had occurred, I was still alive. Somehow, I was still living, and 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 I grabbed onto this um, verbiage that I I heard in the big book here about the sunlight of the spirit, and I realized that somehow I could live in the sunlight of the spirit, and um, and I just, I slowly let go of the death grip that I was holding on to, of my grief and my anger at God, and, um, you know, and just a simple movement in the right direction, and everything has changed for me, and I'm recovering, and it's, um, it's a miracle, and um, I'm so happy to be here. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Maria. Maria. Anybody else? Vasa. Vasa. Larry. Okay. Maria, Vasa, and Larry. Maria, you're up. Thanks for your service, Monica. This is Maria D., compulsive overeater in Wisconsin. When I am ranting and railing about uh, the behavior of others, I consider that to be emotional inabstinence. And that's what I see Bill doing in this paragraph. He's focused on everyone else, everyone else's behavior. And that, of course, is a way of deflecting and not looking at my own behavior. So I know that when I'm focusing on others and ranting and railing about their behavior, that um, I am on the wrong path and I need to get on the path of uh, spiritual 
progress and uh, focusing in on my own behavior. And uh, today what I know is that um, one way for me to uh, focus on my own spiritual growth is that I pray daily um, from a, a few lines from St. Francis's prayer, which is part of our literature. You know, may I seek to understand rather than be understood. May I seek to love rather than be loved. May I seek to comfort rather than be comfort comforted. And when I do that, I'm focusing on the solution. I'm I'm being part of the solution, um, and turning away from the problem, turning away from the disease, and uh, living according to spiritual principles. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Vasa, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive over Eda calling from Florida. And it's really good to go back to this paragraph again and how Bill is uh, blaming everything and putting response, not taking responsibilities for himself. But yet he did know yet, like me. I, I Again, I was mad at God. I was angry at God. I grew up in a dysfunctional home, and I remember praying to God, why don't you come down and put order in this family? It's crazy. There were times I just wanted to die. Just take me away from here, you know. But God, you know, took care of me when when I didn't even know he was taking care of me. And uh, religion, uh, humans failed me. At that time, I thought God, God failed me too. And um, But it talks here for the down, Abby. But my friend Abby said before me, and he made the point blank, the declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. And defeat, that's me. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And I needed to be swiped up. And I remember being mad at God and being angry. Why did I have to suffer for 25 years in, in, you know, like in my disease, you know, with the compulsive uh, eating? How come you didn't come and help me, you know? Where were you when I needed you, you know, in my family, when I needed you with my life and my will? And, uh, and you were not there. And I was blaming and blaming because... I did know that I could surrender and I could ask for help. So, um, you know, again, this is what my sponsor said. You know, it's like, you know, I remember saying, well, why are these wars going on? What's this, what's, what all these things are happening in this world? If you're there, why don't you just help these sick people, poor people, you know? Well, I'm not God and my sponsor was not God. And she just said to me, you know what? God has saved me from this disease that I have failed over and over. So it started for me with the food addiction. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. 
Larry, you're up. Thanks, Monica. Appreciate your service. I'm Larry, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So, you know what I what I see in here is, you know, Bill's he's coming to grips with um, the the notion of a higher power, and you know, and this was crucial for me as well. You know, if I had suffered, you know, if I suffered from this malady, if I had an alcoholic mind, you know, and the distinction of an alcoholic mind and the non-alcoholic mind, you know, was important to me too. And on page 44 in the big book, and we agnostics, I'll just replace the words for compulsive uh, eating. Um, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when eating your binge substances, you have little control over the amount you take you're probably a compulsive overeater. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And it, you know, for me, it took me a long time and program for that last line to truly sink in. So in other words, um, I absolutely wanted a spiritual awakening and you told me I needed one. But I wasn't willing to take the steps precisely as laid out in the big book for a long time. And now, you know, we know what we have to do in order to recover from this malady. And so, we, you know, we can struggle, as I did, with this spiritual notion. Um, but we have to undergo a life-changing spiritual transformation. I didn't like that so much, but it, it had to sink in eventually. Lack of power, that was my, my main problem, my dilemma. And, and, you know, there was no door number three, and I hated that there was no door number three. Door number one was, I knew that door very well. It was more food, mayhem, you know, death, because this is progressive, you know. Door number two, mm, I don't know, it's spiritual transformation in life. Well, if I knew first, I wanted to know first that it would work, then I'll, then I'll do, then I'll do it. But the uncertainty of not knowing, I'm not so sure. Door number three, that's a trap door. There's nothing there. It's an illusion. And it took me a long while. So I had to struggle in this notion of spirituality. And, uh, but once, once I did and just became willing to believe that God could restore me to sanity or this notion of a higher power could restore me to sanity, then, boy, I, I, I worked through these steps, you know, not perfectly. And that uh, made all the difference for me. Um, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And let's move on to the next paragraph. And Carolyn S., would you read, But My Friend? Yes, hi. Uh, this is Carolyn from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, thank you for your service. Um, okay. So, um, Sorry. Uh, but my friend sat before me and made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me in, his, in this moment, and that was none at all. Um, wow. Um, 
yeah, my, my human wealth failed me completely. Um, I, I can't take credit today for the life I'm leading because I could not do any of this without God. And um, and you all, human beings, you know, God and human flesh have helped me to find God. And what a, what a blessing, what a gift. Um, doctors have pronounced him incurable. And there we go with the hopelessness again. But we are not hopeless. We are helpless. There is hope, but we need help. We need help from each other, and most important, we need help from God. Um, you have to first commit or admit complete defeat. You have to know you're in quicksand. You're not getting out without help. But then you are raised from the dead. Okay, like Lazarus, you are dead, and you are suddenly saved. This is a miracle. And you're taken from where? The scrap heap. The scrap heap of Benjamin parking lots, in my case to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And it is true for me today that my worst day in recovery is better than my best day in food. There's no doubt. Um, because today I know that I have a loving God. Today I'm not completely self-absorbed. I'm looking around at the world and seeing the beauty in it, seeing the people interacting, being this usefulness. Um, you know, the power did not originate in me. But... You know, it, it is there. The power is there. It is inside me. It's inside me from the day I, was born. I am born. It is in my heart. I, I don't have to look for God. Look, God is in me. I have to reach for God. God doesn't move away. If I can't feel him, I, I'm, not, I'm not reaching out my hand. Um, God does not make too hard a job of those who seek him. So for today, um, with your help, I am remembering to seek him, and he has given me blessings that are greater than the greatest I could ever imagine. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Carolyn. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph but my friend? This is Can I share? Kim. Okay, I heard Bella. I heard somebody before Bella. I heard Bella, Kim, Anita. Was there someone else in there? Yeah, that was Barbara. Leia. Barbara. Leia. All right. Okay, we're going to go Barbara, Bella, Kim, Anita, and Leia. Barbara, you're up. Thank you. This is Barbara B., a compulsive, uh, recovery compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Um, I love looking at the fact that Bill is saying that my friend sat before me and made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself because it takes me back to my first meeting, uh, which was coming up to 40 years ago uh, in 2015, and after a lifetime of proving that I couldn't do it myself, because I certainly had tried everything, both on the food level, with diets, shots, pills, therapy, hypnosis, religious fasts, all the rest, and no power there. No power in me, no power in all these other human resources. So just as Bill can look at his life with Ebby, no power in either of them. But when I went to my first meeting, it had only been in existence in New Jersey for three months, and these people who shared with me that they were in the situation I was, both with the abuse of food and with the emotional horror and the unmanageability and the depression and all the rest of the profile of the disease, but after three months... They weren't doing it anymore. And my first sponsor 
use this term, you know, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And she said, I feel that I'm the only walking big book that you might ever see, so look at me. And that was like, finally, there's a person who, like Bill and Abby, shared those days, but now she wasn't doing it. And that's what gave me hope and made me believe, because nothing else did it. And fortunately, I was gifted with that first sponsor. At that time, there wasn't this you know, work in the big book, but she had it. In fact, she even hand wrote an index to it because she lived and breathed the big book. And I'm thanking God for her because just as Ebby was sitting across the table declaring that God had done for him, this I, I pray in gratitude for this person who's no longer living every day. So um, thank God for uh, the people who carry the message and help me to do that too. And I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. God had done for him what he could not do for himself. Wow, such a powerful sentence. Yes, I definitely agree, and I believe, and I live it. Before the program... I had the power. I thought that I had uh, that I had the power. I thought that only if people would be different, only if I would live in a different place, if only I would have a different uh, family, so then I will be I will be able to do you know to lose weight and to be a happier, excited pe- person. Thank you, God, that now that I am in the program, yes, I know that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. Yes, it's like a person like me that I don't have a driver license, and I cannot drive. Yes, my husband has a car, but sometimes, even though he the car is outside from my house, I cannot drive because I don't have the license. Yes. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish I would be, I can drive it, I, I can take the car and go to work or take my son back home, but I can't. I don't have a driver license. And yes, now that I am in the program, I accept that and admit that I am not a driver. I am not driving my life. I am connected to a power greater than myself. Yes, I am connected to God, and He drives my life. I I just have to open the door for Him, and I just have to choose to let Him in in my life, because only God can do what I can do for myself. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Kim, you're up. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Wow. Um, But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for me what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. You know, the reality is the steps don't fix us. The reality is the steps get us in touch with a power, with a power that can fix us. And that's real important to know. It's not the mechanics of doing the steps that are going to, that they create the spiritual experience so that we have a a power in our life that can fix us. 
human will had failed. I, I had to get real clear on what human will was. You know, I think of page 54 when it said, had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, because I thought I couldn't believe it all. But hadn't I worshipped getting the right boyfriend would make me feel better? Having enough money in the bank would make me feel better? My children behaving in a certain way would make me feel better? I had been a worshipper all the time. But the problem was my human will had failed me. Everything I had tried outside of myself ultimately failed him. And I just want to say, you know, sometimes I get nervous when I hear people really go crazy about a vision for you and visionaries and this is the meeting, this is the meeting, because the meeting is going to fail us. Every drank again. Every brought this message and he did not ran or rave, but he drank again. If Bill's whole entire program was based on Ebby, there would be no Alcoholics Anonymous. If your whole program is based on listening to this meeting and this meeting sustaining you, you will go back to the food. What this meeting does, it does not rant, it does not rave, it gives you a point blank declaration that the people on this line, the power of the people on this line is not the people. The power of the people, the power of this line is there's people who've had a spiritual experience sufficient to bring about recovery. They are absolutely telling you, I am telling you, I'm with point blank declaration that God does for me what I cannot do for myself. I am a compulsive overeater and in and of myself, I will pick up. But I equally know that as a compulsive overreader who's in contact with the power, who works these steps as a program designed for living, I do not want to eat my binge food. So if you cannot believe in, in, in a higher power, if you think that this is not, you want to work this program but not do the God stuff, you're screwed. Because the only thing that Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 step has to offer you is this program of recovery which will get you in touch with a higher power which will be able to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And as long as you think you can do it for yourself, you're destined to go back into the food over and over and over. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anita, you're up. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, everybody. Uh, This is Anita L. from Philadelphia area. And I just wanted to comment on the difference, the transformation that we see here between the first paragraph and the second paragraph. And that's how I feel my life has become today. I feel like life is so good. It's just so good now. I don't feel drawn to the food uh, and The other day when I was uh, doing something and I smelled, you know, an old familiar sugary smell, I recoiled from it like a hot flame right away. And God helped me by having somebody call me right at that moment. And I think that that is because I work my program hard every day now. And the way that I do that, is the first thing in in the morning. This morning, it was like 10 after 6. I was walking my dog quarter after 6, and the sun was coming up, and I looked to the east and saw that light in the sky, you know, it was uh, because, 
that's where the sun was. And I prayed and I thank God for a new life today, giving me another chance to enjoy and to be part of life. You know, there were there was a period, a short period of time, thank God, that I wasn't part of life. I was isolating. I was not in a good place at all emotionally. And um, and today, I can't get enough of life. You should see my calendar, what my life looks like. It's so full. And it's full of giving to others. I would say 85% of my day is filled with giving my time to others. And I love it. It makes me feel good. And, you know, in the, in the promises, it says that feeling of uselessness, and self-pity will disappear. And that is what has happened to me. It's just so beautiful. And the greatest gift of all, I just want to share this. I don't think I said it the other day. Is that my son, who is in Israel, called me. And he said, he was ready to hang up. And he said, you know what, Mom? I just want to tell you this. It is such a pleasure to talk with you. Every time I talk to you, you are so happy. And you have such a beautiful message to share with me. And that's a gift. Because I feel like through the phone line, my son can see the glow in my whole affect because God has done for me what I cannot do for myself and could not do. And today, because I live and work together with my higher power, my life is better than anything I could have imagined beyond my wildest dreams. And it can happen to all of you too, because I was in the food not that long ago. So anyway, enjoy. It's Friday. A beautiful weekend's coming. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Anita. Leah, you're up. Thanks so much, Monica. Hi, everybody. Leah, M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. But my friend sat before me, made the point-blank declaration, God had done for him what he could not do for himself. You know, when I read this paragraph, and there's so much uh, threaded through every line of this paragraph, you know, I'm thinking about identification here in this paragraph. This is where identification process is so very important because, as you guys know, Bill knew Ebby, and Bill knew how Ebby had drank. They drank together. They were drinking buddies, and he knew if Ebby was staying sober, <laughs> uh, some power greater than Ebby had to be working in Ebby's life. And Bill obviously does not like uh, Ebby's solution. His mind had snapped shut. It became irritated. So Bill does not like what he's hearing, but that's beside the point. You know, Ebby is sitting there at this moment. He is living proof of some power greater than himself has done for him what he could not do. And, you know, that is the power. You know, our text says we have recovered and been given the power to help others. So, you know, despite Bill's critique of organized religion and his grandfather's good nature contempt of some church folk and their doings, and, of course, Bill's, you know, has rebelliousness and he's got intellectual pride. It's a nasty brew. 
Um, but despite all that, Bill cannot deny or doubt the bottom line. Bill's sitting there drinking. Bill is drunk. And Ebby's sober, <laughs> you know, and, and that's what you and I have to offer today. That's what those who are recovered have to offer today on this line or in your local face-to-face meeting. When we talk to newcomers, we are living proof that some power greater than human power is working in our lives also. We are not the power, obviously, but we have had an experience as a result of this process, and now we have sufficient power where we recoil as if from a hot flame. So whether the newcomer likes it or not is beside the point. They can rationalize, they can justify, they can argue, <laughs> they can debate. But we are living proof, just like Ebby was living proof of it to Bill. He had to recognize that some power greater than Ebby had to be working in Ebby's life. Because against all odds, Ebby was supposed to self-destruct, just like Bill was supposed to self-destruct, just like I was supposed to self-destruct. You know, Ebby was carrying a message of depth and weight at that moment, you know, and someone did that for me. You know, when I sat across from someone who had recovered, and by the way, I was sitting with a wristband on my left hand, you know, I left that conversation with something I came in without, and that was hope. I left with hope that I did not have to live in that madness anymore. And that's what uh, the goal of a meeting is. The goal of a meeting is to be result-oriented. We are result-oriented. We are uh, examples of the program of recovery, examples of what it looks like and what the results are of living uh, a life, you know, uh, in connection with access to power. Recovered compulsive overeaters, it's like a big show-and-tell operation. We get to, you get to see, you get to hear the results of this plan for living. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here for a moment. Sheila um, Kathy Kay. Okay, we'll get you Sheila and Kathy Kay in a moment. Thank you. Um, so here's Ebby and um, sitting across from, from Bill. And Bill is going through his process here of step two. You know, he's thinking about all this stuff. And boy, he doesn't, you know, da-da-da-da-da. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point blank, straightforward, blunt, without hesitation, deliberate declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. And I don't know if that's coming from me or someone else. Okay. Um, point blank declaration. He's given Bill the solution. You know, Dr. Silkworth had told him about the physical allergy and the obsession of the mind. And Abby here is bringing him the solution. It's a power greater than him. And without any hesitation or anything, Abby is saying, God has done for me. And I can hear the power in all these voices this morning in the recovery are saying the same thing. We may not like it when we first walk in here, but a power greater than us has done for us what we couldn't do. And I'm going to pass with that. And Sheila, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. This is Sheila H. from New York. Grateful to be here covering a day at a time. I had to chime in. 
and identify, yes, it's an awesome meeting this morning, every morning, but especially when we're talking about Bill. I definitely wanted to identify the power of King Jubilee uh, when there's no hope. You know, and coming into being in this program and other programs, and you get to the bottom, you see this hope. So much identification with the feeling of when Evie says he got to the emergency, because there's nothing like saying yes to a power greater than yourself. And when I said yes to God, with all my heart, the amount of hope that came along that is mind-blowing. And to take that same hope, that same prayer, and transfer it over to the program. And see, doing the work and having a relationship with God is one thing. But what I had to learn, and I thank the Vision Vision for You program for helping me and the recovered people along my journey that helped me, I had to shred all the stuff from the past, all that stuff that kept blocking me from even a closer relationship. I had a relationship, but it's nothing like the relationship I have today. Because I did that work. I used the steps. I used the traditions in my life every day to use the reserve to show power for Thank you, Sheila. Kathy, you're up. Star one to unmute, Kathy. Sorry about that. I thought I was unmuted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Kay from Boston, uh, Recovery Compulsive Overeater. You know, as we're sharing and reading today, uh, I can see so clearly today how this transformation came about in me. And I remember somewhere in the book, big book, I don't know exactly the page, it says uh, we will experience this sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, but it will come if we work for it. And, um, you know, at my first meeting, I rejected the God stuff. And I spent a few years just learning how to use the tools and working with a food plan and having on and off abstinence. But what I could not deny was the transformation I witnessed in others. Um, Other people came as newcomers, and six months later, they looked and sounded so differently. And um, I kept witnessing this over and over again while still um, resisting uh, the idea of a higher power and also not experiencing the kind of transformation that I was seeking. And so for me, it came very, very slowly. Um, But what kept me working towards it was witnessing other compulsive overeaters who found recovery. And ultimately, it was working through the steps as they're laid out in the big book um, that enabled me after many years to finally connect with a meaningful higher power and uh, my willingness grew and continued to grow and still grows um, to the point where you know it's the joyful thing each day to sit quietly and to connect with my higher power I'm just amazed in the transformation I've experienced um, And it's only by working through these paragraphs again that I'm reminded of where I came from. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kathy. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Hi, Jan, Linda R. Jan, we're going to move on to the next paragraph, and Linda, you can you can share after that. Thanks. Had we uh, Janice M. had this power. Yes, thank you, thank you, Janice M. Grateful recovered compulsive overeat compulsive eater. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. Well, he took complete, remember, they took, now this is the process from step one to two, and of course he admitted complete defeat of powerlessness. Now we see, you know, we're talking about Abby, and he changed, and uh, he talked about a power that got him where he is sober today. And you see what it says. I want you to, I mean, I noticed that coming up, the word power is not capitalized here. Because you see it says, had this power originated in him? Because he's talking about himself now, right now. He's not there yet. But he's, he's in the process. He, knew, he knows he lacks power. He knows he's powerless because he tried willpower, he tried knowledge, Dr. Silky gave him the problem, but he's still not there yet. So the process is his becoming willing. But obviously, he said, you know, it had not been because that's his experience. You know, Bill experienced, we just talked about Ebby, he drank as much as Bill did. So this power wasn't coming from him. The power didn't come from me and I, me, myself, and I. Um, so th this is where he's at. And it says, it tells us, no human power. I'm human. You're human. The doctors are human. The fellowship is human. So you see, there's no human power on beyond human aid. That's when I finally decided <laughs> and really knew there had to be a power greater than me because I wasn't it. So I just needed the willingness. You don't have to believe it or anything just yet. Just be willing to believe, willing to believe. Open your mind that perhaps there is a power out there that can restore me to sanity. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And there was someone who wanted to share, and I already forgot Hi, your name. Hi, Linda R. Linda, Linda I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Linda. Oh, good morning. You know, it's so. Thank you so much for your service, Linda R. Recovered in South Florida. As I'm listening, it doesn't really matter what paragraph is read. I could say the same thing. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, um, I'm really there. Like what we're sharing today in the meeting. You know, to me, it's the manifestation, the higher power, the words that come into that higher thinking, my higher level of my mind, whatever my higher power is to me. But what's coming into my program today, you know, I'm fine-tuning, you know, with God, the finer points of, of the recovery. Every time, like, you know, I want to do something, like not with food, but with, um, even with food, but I get the thought, this manifestation of the higher power. And he says to me, Linda, is that recovery behavior? Are those recovery words? It's like there he is. Like last night I had an experience where that happened. 
You know, to me, building the relationship with my higher power took a long time, like a process, you know. It was a maturity. The same thing now is with people, like with my significant other. The same thing happens, like I want to say something. I want to be sarcastic. I want to lash out. And this higher power, it's manifested into my life because of the steps, because of the program, because of my good orderly direction. He says to me, Linda, is that is that um, recovery behavior? So that's my new thing I want to share. It's like God is with me, not only with putting down my, my, my foods, putting down my allergy foods, he's with me now, fine-tuning my daily behaviors, my daily directions, my words, whatever I'm doing. So that's all I wanted to share today. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Linda. And I'm sorry, we have come to the end of our time so quickly here this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Anita L., would you please read from A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.